Hi, this is Haley Moon, and I am the author of The Rose of a Big Boss, A Book of Self-Love, and you are listening to Moments of Grace with Dr. Butler. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler, and welcome to A Moment of Grace. Beautiful, beautiful day. I am happy that you are here with us on today. For this is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And I love to say that because it is so true. It is so true that we live in a world, we live in a life, and, and no matter what it looks like outside the door, on the inside of you, there's some miraculous things that are going on. Your heart's beating, your circular system is going on, your brain is thinking, and all of these beautiful things are going on inside of you. You have the opportunity to love, have joy, have mercy, have peace. Those are the things that make us humans. All the other stuff, hatred and all that other stuff, we put that all, all that stuff behind us because we were not created for that stuff. We were created really to love and be loved. You know, what? I, I've, I've struggled here, and I'm just sharing with you guys the last few months or so I've been struggling and you know you all are my family so I can share with you my struggles and, and some of my victories my only sister uh, Darlene she passed in 2016 and she was mentally handicapped beautiful beautiful soul uh, I don't know what's PC I don't care it's that's my sister I fought on the playground to defend her. I, I did everything that a brother was supposed to do. And even later on in my life, the home that my family has, I was prepared to um, bring her into our home and take care of her. That, that was my sister. For all of her struggles, there was not, never, never in my life have I run across a sweeter soul. Never in my life have I run across someone with so much love so much joy and so it's been a struggle because i miss her smile i miss her asking me questions and her innocence she had disabilities but her greatest ability was love i have a young lady with us on today Ms. michaela cox and today uh, she's going to help me to help me and you as we talk about having lifelong disabilities. She's written a, a riveting book. Now I see a lifetime of learned truths along my journey through life. And so we'd like to welcome to Moments of Grace, Michaela Cox. Welcome, Michaela. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it is such a blessing to have you here with us. Uh, Michaela, share with uh, the Moments of Grace audience about yourself and and if you want to, you can you can share with us a little bit about your journey. Um, I'm an author and speaker. I have eight books out over, m mostly over the seven over the last two years on a myriad of topics. I am a speaker. I've been trying to share my message of what I call uh, a journey of 38 triple D, going from much tribulation to thriving in all things, a lifelong disability of legal blindness, as you mentioned, and then divorce at 26 and I'm sorry to hear about your loss but I also um had been I had a loss in 2017 my husband um father of my two children passed away so I've been a, sorry to hear a, that. Solo, a solo mom for four years now so 
Got you. I'm sorry to hear that about the loss of of uh, your children's father. So, Michaela, you you have uh, were you born blind or, or legally blind? I was born totally blind. Um, I was 70. It was in 78. So I'll be 43 in November. So it was, there was no uh, genetic or family history. So it kind of stopped the medical community. Um, anyway, um, I was totally blind. And then for my background and my family, um, we're Christians and I've been a believer most of my life. And so we believe at seven months old, the our heavenly father was gracious enough to allow me to be healed and grant me my sight at seven months old where i do see Wonderful. and the medical field was uh, stumped as well wow this must be born blind, but why is she seeing now right exactly i didn't know what to do with it <laughs> but anyway um so i do see and i've seen most of my life as far as having vision but it is it is impaired vision um legal blindness um the root cause of it is um, what they call optic nerve atrophy. It means, uh, I don't know if you have any medical professions in your audience or not, but um, for the layman, if you, uh, such as myself, um, the way it's been explained to me is that if you've ever seen the, a graph or a picture of the optic nerve, maybe in anatomy and physiology class or biology or at your eye doctor's office, uh, the optic nerve is the color or supposed to be the color of purple and it has a certain shape. Mine is not. Okay. Mine is totally messed up. Like, I mean, seriously, Jack. Like, have you ever seen a, a, a manila folder that you use to file paperwork in? Right. Mm -hmm. Mine's that color and whatever shape it's supposed to be, oh, mine's wow. exact opposite. Okay. Okay. So what that means like in real life is what happens in the optic nerve is the blood goes through and flows through, right? To tell our to tell what signals to send to the brain, so that the brain can tell your eyes what to perceive. Well, if the blood doesn't go through the way it's supposed to, it can't send the signals the way it's supposed to, and it can't tell your eyes what to perceive. So mine is usually delayed. Okay. And it usually takes me longer to do things, um, and then you complicate the matter <laughs> with uh, nearsightedness, uh, astigmatism, nystagmatism, and crappy peripheral and crappy depth perception. Yeah. It's okay. Kind of okay. So yeah. So leg legally blind. So um, I have a, a, a neighbor of mine, um, great guy, who is he's legally blind as well, and he got, and I go to you know go to the go and have lunch sometime and and. Um, um, there's, there's times he, he does well, you know, like walking down the street, he, he does well. And then, but when we go into a store or something, he has to grab my arm because his, his vision of course is, is not, uh, is impaired. So, um, living, living with that, um, your whole life. And first of all, let me, let me say to my audience, if you don't believe in, in miracles, we're speaking to one right now. This is no coincidence um that i believe yashua um had his hand on you that abba our father had his hand on you there's, there's no doubt in that it, it, that you have lived uh, a life in such that you <laughs> you're legally blind and have written eight books raising children have had you know uh you know relationships and also you've lived other than the impairment uh, of being blind um a relatively normal life but with the with the blindness, Michaela, sh share with us the 
challenges that you may have had coming up, um, you know, maybe in school? Uh, did you have, did, did you do Braille? How did you, how did you, um, how did you navigate school? I didn't do Braille and I know a little Braille, but it's been a long time. And, and the irony is I'm actually literate in the Braille world because there's three different types of, there's three levels of Braille and most the Braille world used grade two and I don't even remember grade one anymore. But um, I grew up in the 80s and so, and I was originally from Texas and that's what I claim. I live in Louisiana right now. So there was this thing in the 80s. I don't know where the education field comes down now. It, since it tends to be a pendulum swing of what they do but in the 80s at least in Texas the idea is we need to exclude and my mom fought very hard to make sure I was included and not excluded because there's nothing wrong with me I'm right and I just can't see right I mean I, I mean I, I wasn't a I wasn't a straight A student but I mean I held my own um it depends on what you're talking about I always had accommodations um I was even as a, a before school age, there was a time where they thought if they could get my eyes to line up by putting a patch on one of them, they would get them in sync. I don't know. It didn't seem to work because I still don't wear one. Uh, I started wearing bifocals and trifocals in second and third grade. I've had four eye surgeries, not to fix the problem, but more as cosmetic because as I developed, my muscles would get loosened or tightened or, you know, whatever. They had to go fix them um, until they could look normal, <laughs> at least the way they're supposed to whatever normal is. Um, as I got older, I started turning to audiobooks. There was a time okay. when I did French books. I'd, I've done audiobooks since fifth grade. Okay. I had extended time. I always got the, um, additional time on assignments. I was always a kid on the front row. I had uh, various odds and ends of um, enhanced technology or, you know, accessibility technology, depending on what grade you're talking about. I think I started with, um, Tech, technological assistance outside of glasses in third grade where I had this little not a binocular well it was a binocular but not like the kind where you hold right. them but it was one little binocular that I would move from eye to eye to try and see the chalkboard better um did, did that help it did but it okay. was more of a nuisance than it did anything but. I got you I got you and I'm sure maybe today there um there may be devices that are a little bit more operator friendly I'm on my laptop all the time because I write or I'm on my smartphone and uh, the, the, you know, we, as much as we all want to gripe about technology and sometimes it's a love hate relationship, it's pretty amazing what it can do. And especially with the more advancements in cell phones, you know, I remember when they came out and we all had these huge mobile phones that were in our car and right. <laughs> it looked like a tank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our <laughs> phone instead of your cell phone, but, um, especially on Apple products and I'm not doing a plug. It just so happens right. I, I'm very picky because I have to be um, Apple or LGs is what I tend to use the most and their okay. accessibility features tend to be the best on my MacBook. You can um, do diction and you can enlarge, you know, things like that. Um, back in the day, I used to use something called zoom text where, um, and I, I quit using it at the time when I first got a Mac because they weren't done on Macs, but supposedly they are now and you can do it on PCs and Macs equally, but it was a program that you could enlarge up to, 72%. I never went that big because it became too pixel pixelated and anyway, just too cumbersome. Right. But yeah, but what you have to realize, especially with an astigmatism, if your eyes are moving and skipping lines, if you're magnifying and you're trying to follow it and then it it just you end up tracking it and making sure you're not losing your place. Okay. So it becomes annoying to me, but so I tend to not. 
But, um, and that's just the idiosyncrasies of mine. You, that, that's the funny thing about vision. You could have a hundred people in the room <laughs> and it could be the exact same problem, but it'd be one little degree different and it's going to affect them all differently. And they're all going to have wow. something to say about it. it. Vision's tricky. It really is. It's kind of fascinating, but weird at the same time. It's very gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, what, I, what I'd like to do, Michaela, if we can, we want to take a, a little small break. And when we get back, I, I want us to talk about your book. Um, now I see a lifetime of learned truths along life's journey through, um, through life. Uh, along, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I got it correct. Uh, we would like to talk about your book when we come back and um, share some of those learned truths with us. Okay. Sounds good. All right. This is your host, Dr. A. Jerome Butler, and we'll be right back after these messages. Our podcast has been nominated for five SPIN Awards. I would like to thank you for listening and also for your votes to the nominating committee at the SPIN Awards. Thank you all so much for recognizing our moments of grace. And we pray that you have a day of grace. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Dr. Adrian Butler. And I'd like to make you an offer. I don't know how you start your day, but I love to start my day with meditation, with reading, and especially with reading my Bible. I love devotionals. And I've written a devotional just for you. It is the Moments of Grace, devotional for a busy life. You can get it at our website at drajrbutler.com. Again, drajrbutler.com. Go to our bookstore on the website and you can get my latest book, Managing the Miracle, devotional for a busy life. They're $15. I'll pay shipping and handling because you are part of the Moment of Grace family. So that's our gift to you. So again, That is our latest book, Devotional for a Busy Life, at drajrbutler.com. Remember, keep the light on. We're back. We're back. We're back. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler, and we are talking to Michaela Cox. And Michaela was sharing with us about I'm I'm fascinated with the with you know disabilities. Michaela's disability is um, is blindness or being legally blind, and she was sharing with us how um, you know coming up some of the. Um, how she had to go through school, how she had to use devices and how she's using devices now. But one of the major things um, that's always fascinated me about disabilities is the human body. Like I said, even though my sister was had a different type of disability, she just had an ability to, to love people. Um, that was just, <laughs> Michaela, this is the part that gets me is uh, people with no disabilities, they call us normal. And we have so much hate. We are, are, you know, rage addicts, angry all the time, negative all the time. And my sister used to go to a workshop 
And those children and, and those young people showed me so much love. I've never received so much love. And I, to me, that's normal. How we are as humans, how we treat each other, how savage we are to each other, that's abnormal. So uh, I just wanted to plug that in there, uh, Michaela. But um, share with us about your book that you wrote, um, because I I'm intrigued. Here, here you are, you're legally blind, you've written eight books, uh, have children, um, you, you've, you know, your mom thought that you would not be stuck in a corner somewhere in, in public school. So share with us about this journey of writing your book and, and being legally blind, because I'm intrigued. <laughs> you have me intrigued. So how, how did you, how did this process go for you to, to write your books? Well, I mean, kind of the journey of all of it really I mean I also have high school diploma I have a undergraduate degree and a master's yeah I did that with two kids too my time is over with uh <laughs> my husband was in grad school he was in military we live in New Hampshire but so, so in other words you are a shero that's what you are you <laughs> you're, and, I you're... <laughs> and I say all this to make a point and I don't drive and right you know, okay I don't drive um, you know, legal blindness and driving is not you know probably not advisable um, not good for anybody. My point is, and all this is, I grew up knowing that the medical field, because they didn't really know what they were looking at. There was okay. no family history. You know, it was the 70s and 80s. We don't know everything now, and they dang sure didn't know everything back then. So they had this kid who didn't, no one knew where it came from or how it happened or why it's happening. So they couldn't, right. it, which they don't know what to do with that when that happens. So they didn't know what it was going to look like. So the doctors did a really good job of telling my parents, well, she's not supposed to be able to do this. She probably won't do this. She probably blah, 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 whatever. So it was all this wondering and speculation as to what my life was supposed to be like or look like. Right. Disability that no one really understood or could explain where it came from or how it was able or how I was able to see for that matter. Mm. So they told my parents all these things they thought I shouldn't or couldn't be able to do. And my parents um, were like, well, no, we don't think so. There you go. There you go with her vision right we don't know what this is going to look like but since we don't know what it's going to look like why not just let it see where it goes so let me let me stop you for just a moment Michaela so and, and I won't want my audience to get in we're conversating Michaela so if I stop you I'm just trying to I'm trying to make a point um so your parents didn't accept what the so-called uh expert said no. because understand this dear hearts the the world looks at what they perceive it perceive as your limitations, what you cannot do. They're already willing to mark you off of society. And sometimes we have to have people to advocate for us. Thank God your parents were there to advocate for you. Everybody doesn't have that. Sometimes you may have to advocate for yourself. In fact, the word tells us that, that David praised God so that he came out of his clothes. So sometimes You've got to encourage yourself and advocate for yourself. So, Michaela, your parents were advocating for you. Go ahead, my friend. And I ended up learning how to advocate for myself as well. So they raised me and we all kind of believe, well, this is what we've got. Let's see where it goes and see what she can do. And maybe she'll figure it out with the right tools and the right background and the right beliefs or whatever. So obviously, faith was first and foremost in our home and in my life and in my family life, which it has been. I would not be here or been able to go through and learn to thrive uh, what I've gone through with the disability and then a divorce. And then now the hardest one of losing my husband at 38, not the youngest, but definitely not the oldest either. 
Um, <clears throat> what I learned with the disability also was useful for the other things that would come later on in life. So I've always had the attitude of you don't quit, you don't stop, and you don't there give you up and you do your best and you see where it takes you and you do what you got to do. And usually nine times out of 10, if you tell me no, that just means a guaranteed yes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I don't know how else to word this expression, uh, and, but it basically boils down to the adult version of you will hold my beer and you will sit back and watch me go. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So whatever drink you want in there. I don't know how mm -hmm. to edit it. Right, I got you. But um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've done. I've, I have very strong willpower. I have persistence. I work hard. I'm tenacious. I'm determined. And there's not a lot that now I'm not saying it hasn't kicked my butt some days. It has, of course. you know, been hard days and there's been things to have to work around, but you figure it out and you do what you got to do. Now, I will never be able to drive. There's just no getting around that one, and it's not smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> let, let me share. A, let me share a real funny story with you, real quick. Uh, and this is this is documented, so so uh, they can try to sue me if they want to, but it's the truth. Yeah. In 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 uh, in your birthplace of Texas, Amazon ran out of drivers, forklift drivers, and they actually hired. They actually allowed two legally blind drivers to drive. Of course, they had some <laughs> had accidents. Uh, thank God it wasn't fatal. But anyway, I just want to plug that in. So, <laughs> so you you have enough sense to know not to drive. These two guys did not. And Amazon, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world, didn't have enough uh, wherewithal not to let legally blind people drive either. So, okay, not smart on their part. But exactly. Aside <laughs> from a few things like that, you know, there's no getting around that. There's right. Exactly. And I'm like I said, there's never been a day, there's never been a breath that I've taken where my normal is visual impairment. Like I've never, it wasn't like, and I'm not knocking anyone that has a disability because it's hard no matter what you do, but it's not like it was normal vision according to medicine measurements and metrics. And then all of a sudden it was gone. It's right. always been, I've always viewed the world and perceived the world through these eyes that are, are that are um, impaired. So I don't know any different. That's all I've ever done. So I've worked really hard and almost 43 years of life of experience of how to get around this. Um, but I've just never, I, I don't let it stop me to the best of my ability and I do what I got to do. And as far as the writing goes, I've always written. I remember writing as a child. It's always been who I was. It's always been a part of me when I'm not writing, I'm thinking about it. I've mapped yeah, out yeah. This, this year and I've mapped out through probably through, I could map out through 2026, my writing list. Okay. But anyway, it's just what I do. It's what I love. And I feel like it's what we're all born with talents and gifts and, you know, um, abilities. And I feel like that writing is now I'm not an editor. Don't get me wrong. I have editors for that, but we understand that. I'm with you. I hate editing. Um, it's not fun, but I feel like that's the, the talent or the gift that I was given by the Lord that I was supposed to share my message and what I've learned through a lifelong disability and then come to find out other things with the world. I mean, my tribulation is my tribulation, but it may be different from anyone else's tribulation, but right. tribulation is still tribulation. What we choose to do with that and what if we choose to overcome whatever that may be in our lives, um, it's still, once you make the choice to try and overcome it, whatever it is you're working on or going through, the idea of overcoming and thriving and achieving despite tribulation and, and struggle and difficulty and challenges is the same so it's applicable to everybody right right so 
I do have knowledge and wisdom from traveling this journey of what it's like. And I feel like, okay, yeah, it sucks. And this has not always been fun and I didn't ask for it and that's fine. Okay. But it's still mine to choose what to do with. And so I might as well share what I've learned with people to, in hopes of empowering and inspiring someone else, whatever they're going through, like, well, she can do it. Then maybe I can can too. Well, Michaela, when, when, um, when people walk away from reading your book, they turn the last page of your book. What do you, what is your expectation that they will walk away with? I'd like to think and hope that they see what I've been through and they've kind of learned through the snippets and tidbits that I shared about how I've managed to travel this journey and that the beliefs I have, a matter of fact, that's the last section of the book. I put down five truths that I've learned through all these experiences that I know to be true. And this is what I've had to do. And my belief, uh, what saw me through all of it is obviously my faith. I wouldn't be still here if it wasn't for that. Right. That's first and foremost. I believe life is a choice. We can either be defined by our circumstances mm-hmm. or we can define it for ourselves. I've always tried to define it for myself. Um, you, your mindset is invaluable. Um, our mindset can make the difference between failing or not failing, succeeding, not succeeding, achieving or not achieving. I mean, we all have feelings and we all have emotions and thoughts. That's what gives us our humanness and our humanity. And we have every right to feel them and process them. But once you process right. them, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to exactly happy side of not so good? Or are you going to try and figure out, okay, what am I going to do with this and see what I can do with it and see where it takes me? Or even though it may be the hard and Lord knows I've not always done perfect at this over the last four years, um, finding the joy and finding what to be grateful for. There's always something to be grateful for in the crappiest of the crappiest situations. You just have to be one. So true. Um, Our situation, me and my kids at the time when uh, John, their dad, my husband passed away, they were six and three. They were pretty young to, they'll live most of their lives without him than they ever will with them. Um, You know, God willing, they have long and healthy and good lives. So they'll live, you know, much more without them than they ever did. They had, with their father but um so you know it, that's been hard you know raising right. kids and, and like what the crap and on top of everything else and it was sudden and it was unexpected and so I went from everything I ever wanted and been blessed with to in the blink of an eye as who, if anyone reads the book in chapter 17 it was a normal day and it was an interesting day but it was a normal day I'd gotten a bad decision from the government of course about disability but no surprise there. <laughs> That's another story. Um, right. It's like you were saying, the world is not kind to the disabled. If it is not kind to the normal people, as it's called, it dang sure isn't kind to the disabled. I've only had right. two jobs in my whole entire lifetime. And mm. I'm three. So, that's another story. So there's just a lot of issues in our country regarding the, uh, the social issues and the policies and the politics of all things related to disabilities, like transportation, education, employment, lack of employment, job opportunities that could go on forever. That's right, a right. whole other five other podcasts right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the point is, so I'd gotten a bad decision again from the government and I was annoyed and whatever, frustrated. And then uh, I would find out later that night that I had way more bigger problems to worry about because um, I thought my husband was coming home and he wasn't. So. Wow. Wow. Life is short, life changes on a dime. And so I would say to everyone, you know, aside from your faith, if you're of, if you're faith-based and life is a choice, you have to have your mindset. That's probably one of the hardest things, but the most important thing 
self-care is invaluable and you have to be willing to get resources when you get stuck. They're all connected. They seem odd things, but they really are. They are. Mm-hmm. Getting the resources helps you when you're stuck to help right. you be able to get the self-care sometimes you need because sometimes we need resources to do things like I got used to a long time ago as a kid the whole thing about I hate asking for help well (laughs) when you have a disability you get real comfortable with having to ask for help so you kind of get over that one and get over yourself a little bit for a lot of people but it's either do it or don't and you're not able to do what you want to do so I got it quick but I know that's hard for people but you're really better off asking for help and it doesn't make you weak it just empowers you to be able to get what you need to have the self-care you need that allows you to keep the mindset you need so that you can stay true to the choices you made to achieve your goals. Wonderful. Well, Michaela, this has been such a, uh, such a wonderful, wonderful discussion with you about your life and your book. How can people get in contact with you and how they, you know, do you do public speaking also? I'm working on that. I've okay, great. I hope to get into public speaking gigs, either virtually gotcha. or on, you know, actual stages if our world ever gets back to normal. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Well, how can people get, uh, get your book? Um, how can they buy your book? How can they, uh, get their signed copies? Do you, uh, ship out signed copies or are they just. If somebody ever wanted that, they would have okay. to let me know. And I don't mind doing that. Um, I have a website that I can be in touch. I can gotten in contact with that's myheartfeltmeditations.com um i have email now i see 779 at yahoo.com but that's on the website as well i'm on facebook instagram all of that's on the website as well and then all of my books right now are currently on amazon wonderful wonderful well michaela thank you so much for coming on moments of grace and uh we we definitely uh thank you for your journey you are a walking miracle and and such a blessing thank you for being with us on moments of grace thank you for having me um we've been talking with michaela cox and she's an author of eight books um legally blind and has dealt with this lifelong disability and also um the loss of her husband uh as well Uh, dear hearts challenges will come and as Michaela was talking, you, you have to realize that challenges, whether you are disabled, whether you're not disabled, whether you're young, old, whether you have money or not, these challenges will come. In fact, it's, it's part of what we've been uh, told as humans. If you're a believer, we've, it's, it's already in, it's already in the, the plan that uh, we would have offenses, that we would have challenges, but also in life you're going to have challenges. I, myself, I could not imagine going through anything without my faith, without knowing that there was someone that was in control when things are out of control for me. And so we want to thank Michaela so much for being here with us on Moments of Grace. And I want to thank you for being here with us as well. And uh, when we see each other again, when we're together again, I, I pray that between that point and now that your life will continue to go well. And remember, love God, love life. Keep the light on. We'll see you next time on Moments of Grace.